1: Coming up on the Science Revolution this week, can we deny we're now standing in an extinction event and the disinformation is one of the principal causes? Mari Margill, the director of the International Center for the Rights of Nature, joins me to talk about nature's rights. Other topics include, is obesity causing brain damage in children? And how atmospheric rivers fuel extreme floods in America. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Tom Harmon here with you. What are nature's rights? This is absolutely fascinating. The new legislation introduced in Australia. On the line with us is Mari Margill, the director for the International Center for the Rights of Nature, a program of the Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund, CELDF, C-E-L-D-F dot org is the website. Also the Twitter handle at CELDF. Mari, welcome to the program or welcome back. I, I think you've been here before.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for joining us. Tell us about this legislation. What are the rights of nature and how would they be enshrined with this policy?
0: This is a really important moment for Australia and for the growing movement for the rights of nature because this is the first time any kind of legislation has been introduced in the country. This is in the Western Australia Parliament Mm -hmm. by Member of Parliament, Diane Evers, and we've been working with the Australian Earth Laws Alliance for a number of years to share the rights of nature in terms of what it is, how communities and people in government can begin to put this into place in Australia to protect their very fragile ecosystems, including places in Western Australia, including things like the Great Barrier Reef, which we've developed some model legislation for. This all comes from decades and decades of environmental laws which regulate how we as human beings use the natural world. And the consequences have been devastating, as we see in headlines every day about the acceleration of climate change, about deaths of coral reefs, which of course has impacted the Great Barrier Reef, about species die off at unnatural rates. And all of that comes because we're working under environmental laws in Australia, in the United States, and really around the world, which are all about regulating and authorizing how human beings use nature as opposed to protecting nature. And even laws intended to protect nature specifically run into the problem that they are coming up against other environmental laws, which are intent on doing things like fracking, mining, and drilling the natural world, which are bringing these devastating impacts.
1: So, Mari, give me an example. If a similar law were to pass in the United States, if similar principles were enshrined in our legal system, how would things be different here?
0: So we have more than 30 laws now at the local level in the United States. Which enshrine the rights of nature in local laws in places like Toledo with the Lake Erie Bill of Rights, which was passed earlier this year, in Pittsburgh, which passed their law in 2010, and in other communities and other states. And people are doing this because they've come up against an environmental legal system in which they found they were unable to protect the environment because the environment itself was not intended to be protected by laws which authorize things like cracking or factory farming or privatization of water systems. Those laws have a very different intention, which is to regulate human use of nature really as fast as possible. And communities have come up against those laws, and they find that those laws authorize the very things communities are trying to stop. So, for instance, in 2010, when we worked with the Pittsburgh City Council, the City Council learned that drilling and fracking were going to be authorized within the city limits including under cemeteries they looked at state level law federal law which authorized fracking within the city and determined that they needed to take themselves out from under that existing conventional environmental law because it didn't provide the community the ability to stop and protect themselves from fracking and that's where the rights of nature came in because they determined that Not only did they need their own right as a community to be able to say no to these kinds of threats, but in addition that they literally had to change how nature was treated under the law from being considered an item of commerce that we regulate the use of to something that has an inherent intrinsic right to exist and moving it from considered commerce or property to bearing rights itself to things like to exist and to flourish and to evolve and regenerate and be restored.
1: I understand this uh, also embodies the precautionary principle and also recognizes the right of First Nations people, indigenous people, Aboriginal people, to speak on behalf of their land. Do I have that right?
0: Yes, that Western Australia legislation does indeed do that. And what we have found is that this isn't not only about transforming how nature is treated as the law. Columbia's Constitutional Court in a 2016 decision where they determined that the Atrata River possesses certain rights as a river ecosystem, and they explained their decision to recognize these rights of this natural system that it's time for human beings to recognize that they are not a, quote, ruler of nature, but they are part of nature. And we found that this work is really about shifting not only how the law creates nature, but how we as human beings do, so that we recognize that First Nations people have a right to decide what happens on their ancestral land, that people and communities have the right to be able to stop known threats to the environment that environmental laws are legalizing today. So that we really transform what the very purpose of law and governance is to enshrine not only the rights of nature, but the rights of people to make decisions to protect nature.
1: Yeah, this is uh, extraordinary and important stuff. And the work that you and Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund, CELDEF, and the International Center for the Rights of Nature, the group that you're the director of, which is part of CELDEF, is just so important. People can learn more about it at CELDEF, C-E-L-D-F And Mari Margill thank you so much for dropping by today. Thanks, Tom. Great talking with you. Sponsoring the interview this week is New Leaf Natural CBD Oil. Boy, with all this impeachment stuff and Trump treason flying around, you know, I have been doubling my CBD oil dose. I love CBD oil. It doesn't get you high, but it, and it's non toxic, but it's a potent pain reliever and anti, or it has potent pain relieving and anti inflammatory properties. I think it's the proper way to say that. And the brand I trust the most is New Leaf Naturals. NU Leaf Natural CBD Oil is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, has no additional additives, grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp, so the product remains in its most pure and simple form. Go to NewLeafNaturals.com. That's NULeafNaturals.com and save 30% off and get free shipping in the U.S., when you use the code TOM it's spelled T H O M go to NULEAFNATURALS.COM. for premium cannabinoid wellness there's only one place newleafnaturals.com that's newleafnaturals.com that's n u naturals.com. code TOM it's spelled T H O M newleafnaturals.com And welcome back. Our geeky science topic for the day. Teens with obesity may have brain damage that produces poor eating habits. Seriously, experts say it's important to treat obesity in teenage years before health issues become worse in adulthood. This is a new study that they did on teenagers who are obese, who were obese through much of their childhood, using MRI scanners, these giant scanners that measure blood flow, and thus you can see soft tissue structures in the brain. This was reported last Sunday at the annual meeting of the Radiological Society of North America, quoting from it, Brain changes found in obese adolescents related to important regions responsible for control of appetite, emotions, and cognitive functions. In other words, the research suggests that along with weight gain, obesity can trigger basically inflammation throughout the body and the nervous system that can lead to damage in the brain, and this particular type of brain damage can cause people to want to eat even more and become more obese. Dr. Danielle Fisher, a pediatrician and vice chair of pediatrics at St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica, California, said the findings could alter the way that we conduct research into obesity. She said, I think this is going to take researchers in a different direction. It really would explain these patterns of behavior that we see in these teens who are having problems with obesity. Sometimes eating is behavioral in nature. It's sublimating certain emotions with food as opposed to dealing with them in other ways. But it would explain the rise in obesity that we've been seeing over the past many years. So in other words, up until this study, the assumption with regard to obese teenagers was that it was psychological or emotional and now they're suggesting no it's physiological in fact she says in my patient population it's really significant we have a lot of obese teens we have a very sedentary lifestyle at this point a lot of teenagers are just playing on their phone their ipad watching tv they're not getting up they're not getting out they're not moving as much as they have in the past and that's creating basically a lazier culture we're seeing a lot more type 2 diabetes in kids too On this MRI study, quote, they found damage to the brain that was connected with inflammatory markers that included leptin, a hormone created by fat cells that helps regulate fat stores and energy levels. And some people with obesity, the brain fails to respond to this hormone, so the person keeps eating despite having adequate or at times excessive amounts of fat stores. So obesity biting us badly. It's the good, the bad, and the very, very ugly. The good. German Chancellor Angela Merkel is saying she wants to see one million charging stations for electric cars across the country by 2030. Merkel said that mobility in the future should be, quote, climate friendly, flexible, value for money, and comfortable, end quote. Germany currently has around 21,000 charging points. Good on you, Chancellor Merkel. the bad. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, for rolling back safeguards that keep one of our largest industrial polluters, coal-burning power plants, from discharging poisons into America's waterways. But wait, there's more. The EPA also extended the deadlines for companies to stop using unlined toxic coal ash ponds, which are prone to spills and to leak into groundwater, thus contaminating them. These power plants are responsible for 30 percent of all toxic pollution dumped into America's surface waters, and that's very, very bad. And the very, very ugly, Trump's EPA again, for okaying the so-called emergency use of bee-killing pesticide. More than 40% of insects could go extinct on our planet just over the next few decades, so it makes no sense that the EPA would okay the bee-killing pesticide, sul on 13.9 million acres of American farmland. The pesticide industry has been abusing a loophole in the EPA rules, so they can continue to spray this poison on your food year after year, now six years in a row. Killing bees and at the same time poisoning our food? That's very, very ugly. So we got a geeky science alert here. This is just an absolutely amazing story. It's over at Inside Climate News. And essentially what they're saying is that our flood risk, our mudslide risk, our drought risk, all these things are going up dramatically because these giant rivers of air in the upper atmosphere are getting bigger. They're moving faster. But most importantly, they're getting denser. They hold more moisture. Of course, they are what causes weather down here at the surface. This is climate causing weather. And so as the climate changes, as these rivers of air get more intense, the weather on the ground gets more intense, our storms are worse, our winds are higher, and the amount of water that falls, the rains are worse. But because it's more concentrated in these specific high-moisture rivers of air, the air around it is actually drier. And so the places that are being hit by the air around them are getting droughts, and the places that are underneath these rivers of air are getting floods. So this is just, you know, consequence one of global climate change, something that was predicted for a long time. We're actually seeing it now. And it's not pretty. It's not a good thing. That's all for this week's Science Revolution. You can find the video portions of the Science Revolution on YouTube and check out our Facebook page.